Welcome in everybody to the My Pets Wellness Weekly Wellness Podcast. My name is Kevin Crispin. I am the Chief of Staff at My Pets Wellness. It's great to have you here again and with us, uh, the returning champion, Dr. Rodney. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Good to see you. For those of you who um, have watched us before or tuned in before, you know that Dr. Rodney is our uh, Director of Wellness and Personal Growth uh, here at My Pets Wellness. So um, each week on this podcast, we we really focus in on the wellness feature of, uh, feature, the wellness part of a veterinarian's life. This is physical wellness, mental wellness, uh, and, and talk about that. And this week, we're going to talk about a pretty, uh, well, weighty subject, and we're going to talk about grief and um, how we cope with it, what it is, what it does to the body. And, and these are the some of the many areas of which Dr. Rodney is is a, is a subject matter expert. So um, let's start with what is grief? Can you give us a, a brief description of grief? Yes. Yeah. Um, there are 10 categories of trauma recognized in therapeutic circles that we put trauma into 10 categories. One of them is the category of loss. That is where grief fits. Okay. Normally, grief fits together with the loss of a person or a pet um, as it relates to death. Grief can also come out of other circumstances, but primarily that's the major one that most people are confronted with. And death is always a very difficult thing for all of us because it's such a permanent thing. There is such a sense of loss. Uh, I'm never going to have the pet again. I'm never going to be able to talk to the person again in whatever way you relate to it. And that's why it's such a dark subject. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, It definitely is. So why do you think that vets other doctors and those in the healthcare caretaker roles are susceptible to grief? Because we care. We care about- right there in the word. (laughs) We care about the the client. We care about the owner. We care about the patient, you know, um, whether it's a human or as in this case, the pet. And, uh, you know, every doctor believes that they can fix it and they try the best to fix it. But unfortunately, there are times when things can't be fixed. And then we're left with the inevitable outcome when it can't be fixed, and that is the death of a pet. And uh, that then the owner, obviously, is going to have grief. But then since veterinarians and doctors and therapists are very empathetic to begin with, we feel the grief of the other person. And then we have a sense of grief, um, maybe perhaps related to the issue of I failed in some way or I should have done more, I could have done more. And so that's where the grief starts overwhelming us. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and something that you said when not the doctor can't always fix it. And mm-hmm. uh, on another episode of this podcast, we had our co-founder, Dr. Jessica, and mm-hmm. she spoke about how when she came out of vet school, she's like, I'm going to fix them all. I'm going to save every animal. And, and it was a really hard lesson for her to learn. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not going to be the case. So um, <clears throat> for people who are experiencing grief, what are some of the physical symptoms of grief? Well, it can vary from person to person. Okay. The most prominent way that physically it impacts us is that we have a tendency when we're dealing with the loss of the death of a person or a pet, um, we start getting very withdrawn and we can't move around well, we get lethargic, we just want to lay around like a slug and uh, don't want to become very active because we're just so into ourselves and into our pain and into our grief that we just don't want to become active at all. And that's actually the physical response to the mental pain that you're feeling with that loss of the person or the pet. And uh, that's the most dominant one. Usually um, we just get very stagnant, um, very lazy, 
very unmotivated. Uh, we lose our passion and our drive. And so those are the mental health aspects of it. But physically then, um, you know, we just become very inactive. And that over a long period of time could have disastrous results for somebody sure. that might be used to being very outgoing and very active. And now all I want to do is stay in bed and I don't want to get up out of bed and I don't want to move around and, and problems result even more from that physical aspect of that. And I used the word weight at the beginning, and that might not be the best way to describe it, but is that kind of, I think you were saying this, but is that like a direct correlation to the emotional weight or pain is leading to that physical mm -hmm. inaction? Okay. Got yeah, it. it starts with the brain. It starts with the feelings. It starts with that heavy feeling, that sense of loss. It almost, we even say it, it weighs me down. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then the way that translates into the body is that, well, my chemicals start going becoming imbalanced in my middle brain and it leads to the depression and the sadness, but it also just absolutely makes it almost impossible for us to get around and move around to do things. Um, and that drives us further into the sadness and the grief mm -hmm. because when our body slows down, our mind speeds up. Yes. Uh, idle hands. Yes. And the, yeah. well, well, as I can't move around, as I just want to layer into, on the couch or in the bed and contemplate, mm -hmm. my brain starts going faster and faster and faster, and it's all related to the grief. And my brain actually becomes almost hypervigilant in thinking about the loss. And that's not helpful because as you concentrate on it, as your mind dwells on it, you pull into the grief and into the pain even more. Yeah. Yeah, and it becomes a understood. Yeah. So you talked about the, the the imbalance. I believe you said the middle brain. Right. Is, is what you said? Okay. So what happens in your mind when you're experiencing that grief? Okay. Well, there's three major chemicals in the middle brain that relate to mood stability and cognitive functioning. That's the, you've heard it before, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, and the serotonin. Mm -hmm. And they have to have a proper balance there in the middle brain in order for us to have that high level of cognitive functioning and that emotional stability. When we experience trauma, and grief is a very large trauma, big trauma experience, that's what causes the chemicals to start adjusting in an inappropriate way. And depending upon which chemicals get out of balance, um, you know, when the dopamine drops off, drop, dopamine provides us with pleasure and motivation and drive. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when I'm in a grief situation, as I'm describing, usually the dopamine levels kind of crash. So I have no pleasure, but I also have no motivation, no drive to get up and do anything. And then the, the loss of the serotonin, when that falls off, um, it actually drives obsessive thoughts. And so my mental activity speeds up and I become almost obsessive, focusing on the loss that I've experienced. And, and so those two things in combination play out pretty rapidly and dramatically in a person's life, depending upon how long they stay stuck in that mode. And the serotonin, you're saying a lack of serotonin can lead to obsessive thoughts, mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Well, it can. It, it can. Right? It can. Uh, yes. Okay. It could also go up and make you more obsessive about other things. But uh, usually, yes. usually it's just the chemical imbalance that yep. is occurring right there that leads to the obsessiveness and the compulsiveness gotcha. of the thought process. So when, when somebody is dealing with grief and we talk about kind of the, quote, common ways that people deal with it, with, whether it's processing in their brain, in their body. What are some healthy ways to deal with grief that, you've, that you find in your professional opinion? Well, 
if my dopamine levels are driving dropping down and I have no motivation to drive, the worst thing I could do is stay in bed and sleep on the couch and not do anything. Yep. I've got to activate my body. I've got to activate myself. I've got to go and find something that gives me pleasure and reward. Now, something that's a helpful thing, not some damaging behavior but, or, or mm -hmm. drugs or alcohol or something yeah. like that. I think that goes without saying. But if I like to play golf, I've got, I can't stay in bed and keep worrying about what I'm losing. I go play golf or I go fishing or I read a book or I take a walk or I go exercise. Because when we pursue the behavior that we enjoy, the dopamine levels will rise back and my motivation and drive will come back. What most people do though, when they get caught in the grief, it's a normal response to feel sad and depressed. And of course. Not, but yeah. if you stay stuck there, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So you've got to have the motivation within yourself to say, I can't get stuck here in my grief. What I have to do is I have to go out and get active and, you know, um, find reward in things I like to do. Mm -hmm. Then when that happens, it distracts my brain from focusing on the loss, okay? Um, that's what coping mechanisms do. I'm, I'm asking you to basically come up with a healthy coping mechanism, right. not an unhealthy coping mechanism. The coping mechanism does two things for us. Okay. The first thing it does is it allows me to numb out from my pain, okay? The other thing it does is it dissociates me from the original trauma so I don't even think about it as much anymore. So that's what I'm suggesting. If you stay in bed, if you stay inactive, your brain keeps getting compulsive thoughts related to the loss. And I just get more and more sad and more and more lethargic. If I push myself out and say, I don't want you to get caught there in the downside of this thing. I'm going to go out and find something that I find rewarding mm -hmm. dis that will help me to not feel the pain that I'm feeling. It is a distraction, but it's a good distraction. And then I dissociate from the trauma. Eventually, that's the first stage of the process yep. to get out of the grief cycle that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, then when I'm starting to feel better, then I'm going to need some help by going to a safe person to talk to them about my feelings related to the loss. I'm not saying that you ignore the loss and just hope it'll go away because that's the wrong thing to do because the pain's still going to be there. But I first have to motivate myself to get up and get active. Uh -huh. As I become active and my brain starts fo stops focusing on the loss, I go find a safe person that's going to help me to process the loss and how it re I relate to it and how it impacts me. And they're going to just support me and listen to me. And the mere f aspect that I'm talking to somebody about that pain um, will help the pain eventually to go away. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, I do. Yeah. yeah it, it's, I've got to talk it out. Okay? Right. Now, it would be a mistake. I'm sorry. To, no, you're It would good. be a mistake, though, to just use the coping mechanism to numb out from the pain and to dissociate from it, but then never go back and revisit it because then I'm storing it in my body. Okay? So I, I, I've got to go back and process it. In full. Yeah, is, uh, is it is, does it go to that, um, that old phrase I've heard over, just pushing it down, pushing it down type of thing, and you're not dealing with it? Right. Okay. Yeah. So That's when the pain actually gets bigger and bigger over a course of time. Yeah. So I've got to go back and revisit it. Am I correct in saying then the coping mechanism is, as you said, the first step to help you be able to get past the first stage of grief so then you can move to that phase where you can then start to deal with it. Yeah. The first stage of grief is you're also crying. That could be another physical response, which is common. Yeah. If you're not crying on the outside, you're crying on the inside. Mm -hmm. But it's the crying, but you're you're crying tears 
of sorrow and grief bringing you into the pain. When I get more active and I start stabilizing my cognitive ability and my emotional state, then I go find the safe person. As I reprocess the loss, I'm gonna cry, but they're actually tears of joy. How can that happen? Because I realize that I can move on with my life. I don't have to live the rest of my life constantly focused on the loss that I have. I'll go out and get another pet, find another relationship that I can pursue so that that in and of itself helps me to just let go of the pain associated with it. If I don't do that second part of the process, yeah. if I'm just distracting myself, then I'm storing the pain in my body and there will be a point in time when that will come out and it will bite you and you're gonna go right back into the sorrow. Yeah. So the grief cycle is I grieve into the pain. When I start to heal, I come out of the pain and I could actually grieve with tears of joy when I realize I don't have to let this destroy me. And unfortunately, some people and some vets and some doctors let the grief destroy them. And uh, that's a very unfortunate thing when that happens. Yeah. It's just so, so powerful. And um, I guess my, the last question I have for you is, what do you tell people who are going through this process and they're like, great, that's cool. I just want to get to the end. I'm ready to not feel this pain anymore. I'm ready to move on. How do you counsel patients in that, in that time of, when people are dealing with grief? If I'm just moving on and in the sense of ignoring the pain, that's not working. Yeah. It happens gradually. When you enter that second stage, after you get motivated to start getting out and doing things, when I go into that safe person mode, everybody's different. It's not going to go away just like that. It's a slow, gradual process. Yeah. As I talk about the loss, as I talk about how it feels, and every time I talk about it, a little bit of the pain goes away. Mm -hmm. And so every person's different. It's not just like, I want to get to the end and get over it. I've got to take it incrementally. And every time I talk about it with my safe person, some of the pain goes away. Eventually, there comes the point in time when the pain actually vanishes. And I've seen this happen so many times. It might be a long process, but when they're ready to switch mm -hmm. away from the going into the grief and coming out of the grief, it, you can actually see it happen in front of you. And they say, I'm done. I get it. I let go. But it, it, it's not going to be a few minutes. That's, yeah, right. If somebody gets over their grief in a few minutes or even a day, that's too quick for that process. Now they're probably in denial and they're just avoiding the issue as opposed to actually processing. Gotcha. And it's not, you know, you've given us a lot of good tips too, just as people, but obviously for doctors who mm -hmm. may uh, have lost a patient and are still grieving with that. And I think this is these are really helpful tips. Uh, very eye-opening uh, mm -hmm. to, to understand how it actually works step by step. So mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate that. And as always, appreciate you for coming on, Dr. Rodney. Sure. Um, and uh, if you are feeling grief um, in your day-to-day -day life or with work, you know, please feel free to to reach out and find that safe person, uh, as Dr. Rodney said. And we hope that this brought you a little bit of comfort. Um, uh, if you want to learn more about you know, the services that we offer here at My Pets Wellness, you can go to mypetswellness.net. We do have a support group every Thursday night that is hosted by Dr. Rodney, uh, in which we we allow for a number um, uh, of people to, to share in a safe environment <clears throat> the issues that they are dealing with, both personally and professionally. So uh, please check us out at mypetswellness.net if, if you want to learn more. Uh, other than that, we appreciate you stopping by today, and we'll see you next time on the My Pets Wellness Weekly Wellness Podcast. Take care. See you later. Bye.